All right, Mike Morgan joining us here once again on the Sports Talk. Good evening, Mike. Great to have you with us. A lot of big stories. The one that caught my eye today, though, this one just blew me away. I'm a little surprised that the SEC Network didn't drip this information out uh, one day at a time over a, a four-day period. But the SEC released the schedules of the coaches who will be attending SEC Media Days in Dallas. And I'm wondering if you can tell us why Sam Pittman was put to uh, Thursday. Why we have to wait till Thursday to hear from the Arkansas coach. Your thoughts on that? <laughs> you, you save the best guy you'd want to have a beer with for less. <laughs> and that's Sam. That's Sam. So, you know, I no offense to, I guess, Shane's going on day one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but Sam might be the best six-pack coach out there. The question will be, will he last six games with a, a, an Arkansas team that's going to have uh, low expectations, uh, a fan base that wanted a coaching change at the end of last year, and an offensive coordinator who's looking over his shoulder mm. in Bobby Petrino. Oh, yeah, sharpening the knives. Um, I just brought brought that up as, of course, a, a ha-ha. But now that you mention it, it's amazing how – I'm not saying a fall from grace, but, man, they couldn't have loved him enough at the start of his time there at Arkansas. And, and you're right now, they are, they're very uneasy about things with him right now. Yeah, they are. And, you know, it, I, I don't know if it's, if it's fair or not. I can't remember the last time Arkansas had a dominating defense, and, and yet, you know, we, we just con- uh, continually watch them cycle through coaches uh and and some of the issues just remain the same the common denominator denominator is they they rarely have a dominating defense now that was even amplified when they played in the toughest division in all of college football which was the sec west i think they're happier than anybody that there's no longer divisions because that means they don't have to play every year alabama lsu auburn a&m uh, Ole Miss, you know, now that, that schedule might actually look a little bit lighter, and, and that'll be certainly to, to Arkansas's benefit. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be very – I was just there for a basketball game a couple weeks ago, and, you know, whenever I'm in these towns, the, the conversation of football inevitably comes up, and someone who uh, covers that team very closely told me he, he thought he'd, he'd be surprised if, if Sam Pittman makes it all the way through and Bobby Petrino is just sitting there waiting in the wings. Mm, that would shock everybody. Okay, on to other things. SEC race here, two weeks to go as far as weekends go. And, you know, South Carolina, you can't write these guys off. They're right in the hunt in third place after that win last night at Texas A&M. How about going on the road, holding things together, and getting a win there at the very end? Now they've set themselves up with these two home games, Florida and Tennessee. They really uh, they don't control their destiny entirely because of Alabama, but to some degree they can really um, help themselves get up as high as number two if nothing else happens to uh, Alabama the rest of the way. Isn't it fun to just talk about this in, in late February, about to be March, and, and all the things you just described are in play for South Carolina um, that's really that. Even the Final Four year, none of this was really in play that season. Uh, the the kind of stakes we're talking about 
Uh, everything from an SEC championship to the seeding to a double buy in the SEC tournament, which I think is, is extremely important, even if you fall short of uh, the SEC championship goal. Uh, none of these things have been in play since uh, Eddie Fogler's SEC championship team in 96-97. I mean, that's how long you got to go back. Uh, it, it just, it, it's really, uh, it, it's fun for me, especially, you know, doing the, the Inside the Gamecock show and talking about this with people on a regular basis now. Which is on the Chief the Sports fan- app. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, live every day, one to one to eleven to two. Slog you with wet noodles for not promoting that. Uh, that is my bad, uh, Jamie. JC, I pro- I apologize. That mm. was I could have done that better. Yes. Uh but but to to just kind of sense the excitement that a fan base that has felt kind of apathetic about basketball for much of the last twenty years, if we're being honest. And all of a sudden, they're engaged. You know, people are asking about net rankings and quad one wins, and what are what kind of seed are we looking at? I mean, these these are questions that just haven't really been in existence for a long time. Mike, when you look at the way the league has played out, there's no question that South Carolina is the biggest positive surprise story in the SEC. On the flip side, what in the world is going on in Missouri? How in the world is a team that was picked toward the middle of the pack and has been playing pretty well up until this season under Dennis Gates falling flat on their face? And does he survive if they don't win a conference game this hmm. year? Uh, yeah, and I just had him Saturday, uh, and it was a typical Missouri game at Florida. Florida's the hottest team in the SEC right now. Missouri mm-hmm. could have won that game. They're always in the game with five minutes to go, much like they were the game I had against the Gamecocks, and they always just fall short of the mark. They just don't have the talent, quite honestly. Uh, not this year in this in this league. You know, ten years ago, that team could have won seven games, eight games maybe. Uh, that's this is not your older brother's SEC. A little bit different level of competition. Uh, and no, Dennis Gates is, is not at all on the hot seat. I mean, he's only in his second year, and he took them to the tournament in their yeah. first year. So yeah, he's. Uh, and he's got a top ten recruiting class coming in next year, so now this is just a. They hope it's it's a one off. Um, I certainly think they'll be back. Now I don't know if they'll be tournament good next year. I don't know how all those freshmen will will blend. And as we've learned in the case this year, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Uh, if you look at the way South Carolina's done it, you know what was that recruiting class ranked? Not very high, right? But the right additions in the portal. Uh, combined with one very talented uh, recruit that was kind of under the radar for a while in Murray Boyles, and all of a sudden you got a really good roster. Uh, I, I think that's that's kind of the unpredictability of the sport now. It used to be the Phil Cornblutes of the world would tell you where all the five-star recruits are going mm-hmm. and whet your appetite and get all excited about that. And it was all about who had the best 17-year-olds. Now it's all about who's got the grown men that are playing <laughs> better basketball. Girls. <laughs> yes. Well, well. since you just recently saw Florida, from a Gamecock perspective, what are they getting into Saturday? And is it, it as simple as what they did last night, keeping Florida off the offensive glass the way Carolina did last night with Texas A&M? Well, that's a big one. I mean, now nobody's been able to keep Florida off the offensive glass all year. Uh, they're the number two rebounding team in the conference. They're one of the top off- offensive rebounding teams in the country. So 
that's just what they do. They rotate four big guys. They're all bouncy. They're all athletic, and they're all a problem. Uh, that is going to be a huge part of the game. So you you just hit on, uh, in my mind, the number one factor. It's okay if you if you lose the rebounding game by a couple, but if you lose it by ten, you're in trouble. So uh, shooting is always a big factor in in games such as those. I think the the the, the game within the game, the matchup within the matchup, two of the best stories in the in the league are portal point guards for these two teams. I'm talking about Talon Cooper, and I'm talking about Zion Pullen. Pullen came from Cal Riverside, uh, that juggernaut out west, and he actually is a, a young man who, by the time he was, uh, he tried the NBA waters, it didn't work, and then LSU was, was hot on his tail, and he wound up choosing Florida. Their other guard is Walter Clayton, he played for Patino at Iona and was a great football player coming out of high school that everybody wanted to play football, but he got overlooked in basketball. That's their two, those are their two best players. And, of course, we know <clears throat> South Carolina, to me, their most important player remains Talon Cooper. So mm-hmm. I, I think that matchup is, uh, is certainly one to look forward to. Mike Morgan, Morgan on the move here on Sports Talk. Mike, obviously, we've got a pretty big baseball series this weekend that captures the imagination of the state with Carolina and Clemson three-game weekend series. You've been a part of USC and Clemson baseball before, but from a national perspective, colleagues that you talk to who cover college baseball, how do they look in on this series and what do they think of it? Because we know how much we love it here in, in the state. I think it's caught on to the to the national people right like i mean there's just been too many good matchups they know the crowds are there uh you know for a long long time this early in the season the only thing that would get that level of attention would be a florida florida state um you know you got to remember Ole miss mississippi state that's within conference play so we don't see that until later on in the year so it's just tough to grab the spotlight uh you know first weekend of March when everybody's still talking basketball, the weather is choppy, and I understand one of the games is going to be linear, but uh, but for the most part, it's lost in the, on the television schedule as well. That's kind of changing now. Uh, I think even if people don't tune in because of all the other things going on, at least they know, yeah, that Carolina Clemson, that's, that's the real deal. Final things with uh, Mike Morgan. Morgan on the move on this Thursday night. So, a lot of discussion now taking place about the format of the expanded, uh, newly expanded, will be expanded college football playoff. Right now, 12 teams going to go to 14. Nobody's going to deny that now. It's happening. Going to be going to, to 14. My question to you is, your good friend Greg Sankey, who was in Columbia uh, just the other day, had a chance to uh, uh, rub elbows with him, him just a little bit. So, at the end of the day, how many automatic qualifiers will he achieve for the SEC? Are we looking at, like, six SEC teams with automatic qualifiers? Or, I say that tongue-in-cheek. But they are pushing for the SEC and Big Ten to have uh, the most automatic qualifiers and then kind of divvy it out to your so-called lesser leagues. I think they're kind of looking down their noses at the ACC and and, uh, the Big 12 uh, and who else is out there. Um, is this the way to go with this format to where the ACC, the Big Ten, 
because they view themselves, maybe they are the big boys, they're going to get the most spots. That's not really fair, is it? <laughs> fair? Who said anything about fair? That's where you go. No, no, no. I said know, have a pair. I said have a pair. Not fair. Oh, no. have a pair. No. Uh, yeah. That sounds like you at the singles bars back in the 70s. Um, I think that, uh, I think overall. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you, you at the Regal Beagle over there in uh, PD, South Carolina. Uh, um, no, that would be no, that would be Sammy's in Birmingham. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I think I think the fact of the matter is, and actually, I mean, some people, according to some reports, Petiti is the one that that insisted upon going from twelve to fourteen and, and insisted upon uh, more automatic bids in the process. And obviously. <laughs> If the Big Ten is going to get four, you know the SEC is going to get at least four automatic bids. I, I think it's clear that uh, what we, we've talked about before, the two most powerful people in the sport are the commissioners of the SEC and the Big Ten. So when they talk, everybody else not only listens, but very often they wind up uh, kind of acquiescing to those requests. So I don't know about uh, – you mentioned six tongue-in-cheek. But four could be very possible. I mean, if this thing goes to 14 or 16, like so many people believe it will, I could certainly see a scenario where the two uh, not only most dominating conferences but also just in pure volume. I mean, the Big Ten is going to have 18. The SEC is going to have 16. Most people believe those two conferences aren't completely done. And so it would kind of stand to figure that they would have the most automatic bids in the process. Well, there's another format being floated out there, reported on by Ross Dellinger now, that the champions of the SEC and the Big Ten would hold exclusive rights, as he puts it, on the two first-round buys. This is according to one version circulated to several college administrators the version has not been finalized is only being socialized before more exploratory work on the format those with knowledge of the model told yahoo sports being socialized now does that mean moving to russia or does that mean it's been like just talked about at bars and water coolers first off ross dellinger will be on jc and morgan next week uh it's america's favorite college football podcast it is. Get that plug in yep uh I, I, first off, Ross is an outstanding reporter. He kind of has come out of nowhere the last few years. I've never met him, mm-hmm. so I, I say this like this is not a buddy of mine. I just know that he is really good. And when he says something, uh, especially when it comes to the SEC, he seems to be ahead of the pack very often, he and Pete Thamel. I, I would not be surprised if that's something they're going for. I mean, the, the number 14 kind of felt odd, didn't it? Like, we kept hearing 12, 12, 12, 12, and then some people said, well, we'll just wait till it's 16, and then all of a sudden it's like 14? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I get that. So obviously that would involve two buys, and the fact that you would want to protect the top two conferences with those buys, I, it's not the craziest thing I've ever heard of. It's not the craziest thing I've ever heard of at all. Yeah. In a 14-team model that officials are socializing with their leagues – the Big Ten, the SEC, would each receive three automatic qualifiers, with the ACC and Big 12 getting two each, the group of fives best team qualifying as well. 
Such a model would feature three at-large spots to the highest-ranked teams outside of the automatic qualifiers. The, the question is, how do you determine the AQs after the – I mean, is it like you have your conference champions as an AQ and then the next two finishers, I guess, the top three in each league would be the AQs? I think that's exactly it. Yeah, I, I think – uh, you know, you have the playoff committee uh, voting every week, right? That starts in in November, and we all just kind of roll our eyes, saying, "Well, what does this really matter?" Uh, for the last ten years, it's all it's always been, "Okay, wake me up when they decide who's number four. And the the biggest piece of controversy obviously came this year with the whole Florida State situation, but you could use those polls to determine who the top at-large teams are so uh, it, it you could do well and, and both to your question you could determine who the at-large teams are and who the three automatics are from from every team from every uh from the sec and the big the big 10 you just go on rankings you just go on that poll make that poll actually mean something because mm-hmm. we've made that a tv event every week now all of a sudden people start might start paying more attention to it all right last thing What's the possibility of you being on the call for ESPN International for the Liverpool Man U soccer event at williams Bryce? Sold out williams Bryce Stadium, may I add. Sold out yeah. williams Bryce Stadium on August the 3rd. They're bringing soccer to williams Bryce. Would you like to be on the call? Do you have a call for a goal? Do you have a way to describe a, a goal in soccer? I have uh, – do you remember the show The Simpsons? I never watched it. Oh, goodness. Uh, guys, help him out, please. Yes, yes. Um, we, we do know the show, Mike. <laughs> Phil, Phil, Phil even probably knows the show. It's a cartoon, right? It's only been on for like 30 years. <laughs> but it's a cartoon. I, I, my cartoons are on Saturday. I don't watch cartoons during the week. Phil, Phil has taken a catnap on pop culture for about a half century. <laughs> He was at that uh, bar, right, well, Mike, in Alabama? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sammy's. He's too busy. Sammy's. Too busy swinging at the Regal Beagle and Sammy's. Yeah, uh, that would explain a lot. Uh, no, I. Well, that you ruined my whole delivery. I was going to give you a Simpsons play-by-play call, and now it's gone. The moment's lost. I got oh, no. nothing for you. I'm sorry. He's your sideshow, Bob. There, Mike. Mm. Yes, the Simpsons reference. Yes, he there. is. Mike, yes, exactly. we'll let you get on with what you're doing. Have a great night. Talk to you next week, my friend. Look forward to it, guys. Take Thank care. Thank you so much. All right, Mike Morgan, Morgan on the move here on Sports Talk.